Today, we are going to be talking about War for the Planet of the Apes, and in our Tube Talk segment, we are going to be talking about Game of Thrones, Riverdale, and the Emmy nomination, so stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. And today with me, everybody, I have Joel, Bad Ape Cunningham. Uh, And who am I today, Joel? I don't don't know. I'm not a bad ape. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like I'm all offended. I'm not a bad ape. I'm here with Matt. I did not start this war. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I didn't. <laughs> Koba did. But I will finish it. Koba yes. did. Yes. Koba did. He did start that war. Yeah. Koba which we're going to be talking about a little bit later. Yep. Right in our yeah. review of this film. Speaking of Lazy Ape Studios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. Greetings. Hey, welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, if you are new to this, we here at The Real Review, we actually put on a fun little show where we where you get some of, uh, I guess, the perspectives of each end of the spectrum when it comes to watching a movie. You have the critic side where Joel's a little bit more critical, maybe a little bit more negative. Eh, meh. Um, yeah, you know, be. you can really hone in on something, really pick it apart or shred it to pieces. Where then on the other side, you have Matt, <laughs> which is me. And um, I can tend to be maybe over-emotional, uh, maybe a little bit over-excitable about yeah. things and tend to overlook things that maybe I shouldn't overlook. I don't ah, know, you know? Maybe. Something like that. I love you anyway. Anyway, so what we do <laughs> is we put those together and kind of give you a real review of sorts so you kind of have a little bit of both worlds there. Um, but yeah, Joel, yes. why don't you tell the lovely people how they can get connected with us? Yeah, so we got some great ways for all of you listeners out there to get connected to the podcast. Uh, one awesome way to do so is by checking us out on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash realreviewmedia. Um, we've got the other socials as well. We've got the uh, Twitter and the Instagram, which are both at realreviewmedia. And then you can also drop us an email. We would love to hear from you. As we always do, love hearing from our listeners. And uh, that can you can reach us at realreviewmedia at gmail.com. Yes. Well done, Joel. (laughs) Yes. I'm ready to talk about this, but quickly, I wanted to mention something amazing happened this week for me. What? I, as you know, I'm a fan of the LaCroix. Yep. I, for the longest time, have been buying these eight packs at Walmart because I was like, I thought that was the standard of what they came into. And I walked into a Safeway the other day and it was magical. They have 12 packs. Hey. I was like, oh. I've seen like, um, amazing. seen like, 20 something pack like pallets yeah oh man yeah that would i would invest some money into that you know what joel if there was a movie about Lacroix, i would cast you immediately to play the lead role as the person buying the Lacroix. is that the whole job that's the whole movie i could do that yeah as long as i didn't replace it with like stunt Lacroix. yeah it's It's like prop Lacroix. that's true it would probably taste really awful then yeah it would be bad (laughs) um so let's uh let's get into this thing because Last time we spoke, Jolie, yes. um, you hadn't seen any of the previous Apes movies. I'm just going to say time out on the Jolie, though. That's okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, you haven't seen any of them, and uh, you did some homework, and you, you caught yeah, up. Yeah, so this was an Apeful, Ape, Ape-ventful weekend. Ape-ventful? I don't know if there's a way to was put that. Was it the Apocalypse? It was. The, <laughs> it was not for me, at least. It was a, a, a full of Ape weekend. I, yeah. We went a little bit ape. How about that? Yeah. I'm going to stop with the puns. Yep. Um, I, so I had to catch up on 
the the second film in the series. Oh, you saw you saw Rise. Then. Yeah, I saw okay. Rise. Okay, but gotcha. I never see I never saw Dawn. I never got a chance to see Dawn. Um, heard some good things, but never got a chance to check it out. Um, Matt Reeves. He took you know, over then. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was excited to kind of check that out and see how he handled it. Um, so I went and I watched it, and really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I think um, we'll talk about obviously the next film in just a bit, but. Um, I liked it a lot more than the first film. Yeah. Um, I should say, I mean, not like, for me, a lot more is like a few letter, like a letter grade or so, maybe more. I think the second film I gave a pretty solid like B kind of range to mm-hmm. B, B plus. Uh, that one I would definitely give more of like an A-ish range cool. uh, for the second one. I really enjoyed it. I thought cinematography was great. Special effects were great. The story was, I think, simultaneously like really suspenseful and interesting because there was this tension that was obviously there between the humans and the apes and you never knew who was going to do what and going to kill somebody or not kill somebody. And I think it told a really cool story of my expectation, which I think they handled this a little bit differently with this third one with war. But with that second one was they're going to show the humans constantly as being like this really bad force and really negative. And it kind of went down that route, but then it, it really went in a different direction and showed that like, in the second film, you know, there's good and there's bad on both sides. Yeah. You know, the whole war, in a sense, is started by the bad ape. Yeah. Um, Kubo. 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 Just throw out names here. Yeah. You know, by... Kubo and the two strings. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he took that on as sort of his own, like he wanted to basically destroy humans and yeah. because of darkness. And yeah, you could say that humans had definitely done something bad to him in the past, but it also showed that the apes, the other apes had also had bad things happen to him, but had overcome that darkness and that bad stuff. And so... I thought it was just a really interesting. It was compelling. It showed both sides. There was loss on both sides. There was, you know, gain and loss. And yeah. um, so it was just interesting. It yeah. was very neat for me and I uh, really enjoyed it. So coming into this third film, I had some pretty good expectations. You know, same director, uh, same writing team, I'm pretty sure. So it was really like high hopes yeah. for it. And I think we'll talk a lot about it, but I think I was happy with it. Yeah. There were some aspects that I overall felt um, didn't live up to the second film yeah. for me and were kind of a step back story-wise. Sure. Um, but a lot of really good things as well. Yeah. And for the most part, enjoyed it. How about you, Matt? Yeah, no, I, I did as well. And just to kind of give you a synopsis, if you haven't seen any of these, um, War for the Planet of the Apes is is the third in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. The synopsis is, after the apes suffer unimaginable losses, Caesar wrestles with his darker instincts and begins his own mythic quest to avenge his kind. Yes. Um, Andy Serkis is is leading the helm of Caesar. Then you have Woody Harrelson, Steve Zahn, Karen Conoval, uh, Maya Miller, among others. And um, I, I really liked it. And I think, just start off with the good, I guess, to compare it to the others, let me just say this. I like this one better than the second one. Really? Yes. Wow. I'll tell you why in a little bit. Okay. There are things I didn't like in, in this one though too. So yeah. Um the uh and I think a lot of it's just gonna come down to story preference and what you like and what I like as a person. It's yeah. it's definitely this is part is definitely very subjective, and that's probably why I like third one. But let's yeah. start off with what's good. Looks fantastic. There were so many times where I was, I was literally, I would just lean forward and stare at the screen because I was like, that's a real monkey. I know. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, that is a real monkey and it's, yeah. it's acting. And, um, and obviously we know that it's not, but the, the, just in awe of what we can do with visual effects yeah. is incredible. I, and you know, a lot of times when, when you're trying to hide stuff in the visual effects realm, you'll, you'll do a, like a wide shot 
right. or something super far away so we can't see the flaws. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of like in your face close ups. Yeah, this mo- this movie at times was almost throwing it in your face, like, look how good our stuff is. I know. <laughs> there was, I mean, a couple of times where they would do like slow kind of pan, like, right. d- like zoom ins almost um, to the monkey's eyes, like one of their eyes. And yeah. they're just like looking at it. And I'm like seeing the individual, you know, red blood vessels yeah. of the eye of the ape. And I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> I know. You know, That's and then there's other parts I would just, because there's, not only is there a mannerism thing and the yeah. way that just an object moves in the environment that sometimes looks fake, but then there's just simplistic kind of lighting, the way that the lighting will kind of bounce off an object, right. which is always a struggle right. um, to make that look as natural as possible. But there would be times where I would like look at just like the fur on the back of like one of the apes and you would see like one hair that's just like obviously right. a little longer yeah. or like, you know, just things that little, I make that sound really lame, yeah. but just little things that like really made it feel like this is a real tangible right. ape that I'm looking at on the screen. It was super impressive. To yeah. Me. Yeah. And I think in that regard, probably even better than the second film and i i would i would yeah over time it's definitely gotten better yeah and i would say probably hands down one of the best visually uh visual portrayals of something like that that i've seen ever yeah it's like it's like we've conquered monkeys now if we can get the humans down yeah i mean (laughs) i mean we got to get tarkin looking a little better and leia for sure (laughs) yeah uh but um yeah no absolutely looked great another thing i i did i did really like um, I still really like the cinematography in this. I thought it was really, really cool, especially at the beginning. There's like an opening sequence in the jungle where it's just kind of panning forward and there's this like captions going on and yeah. then these people come walking in and like, I was like, ah, that's cool. Yeah. There uh, was some really cool visual cinematography style to a lot of the shots as well. It didn't really feel like they were trying to just present things as action packed and right. it's like right in your face as possible. There's right. definitely good action moments, but there was a lot of wide, there was a lot of big kind of panning and use of effective use. I felt like at times of slow-mo that got a little heavy handed to yeah. me at other times, but there was definitely there and I, I did enjoy it. I did yeah. enjoy the, the way that the whole cinematography kind of came together and gave a really strong feeling. Yeah. And that was the best thing I could say about the film as well as it, it elicited and emitted a really strong feeling. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And I think another thing is, too, is the, all the performances were really great. I thought Woody Harrelson was actually fantastic. He wasn't over... He wasn't... To me, he wasn't, like, over the top like I thought he was going to be. Yeah. Um, he had maybe one line where I was like, ah, that doesn't fit as well, but that that was really it. And it's in the pro... It's in the trailer where he's like why so emotional or whatever <laughs> i was like that's a little out of place but that's where so that's where we can break into in a bit that that'll be more of like my negatives when it comes down to more the story elements right and some of it wasn't really the character's fault mm-hmm. because i i felt like there were certain aspects to characterization in this film that didn't fit the same way that it did in the first film yeah um i i don't know what they got what they have to do with like or the second film i should say um, not the first like oscars and stuff like that because yeah. andy circus yeah, <laughs> really good. Like, yeah. like I know it's a monkey, but like he's he's wearing the dots. He's doing the facial expressions, you know. Yeah, I don't know what I don't, I don't know what category he would fit into exactly, but but he's like yeah. he's cornered the market. Yeah. on that type of work, you right. know, Gollum, and then every other monkey movie it's after like if that. They presented, <laughs> if they presented if they presented an award for that type of role it's like he would win every year though motion so capture like, yeah. yeah he's like here to collect his 12th academy exactly. award exactly <laughs> it's like they can't really do that right now they need a few more contenders in there and we've seen good you know motion capture yeah. portrayals done in the past with other people i mean the whole um 
Rocket from Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example. Well, yeah, that's really uh, that's James Gunn's cousin or brother. Um, His brother uh, did the stand-in for it. Yeah, like, he's not doing the voice. That's obviously Bradley Cooper, but he did the stand-in for it. Um, yeah, and during the show. I, also, um, what was the other? Oh, the another the Hobbit movies. Benedict Cumberbatch. There's a oh, fun. There's smog, a funny video. Yeah, funny video where he's going around like crawling on the ground doing. The, <laughs> that is one the, of the funniest <laughs> things. Yeah, you know, when you've seen him, he's like. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyways, so I, I think I thought Andy Serkis was really cool. I thought he was. I, he's just really good at that sort of thing. He's and he got. Here's here's where what I really liked about this. I like the story, and this is where I'm going to get into why I liked it better than the previous one. Okay, the previous one was definitely more dynamic. I, w- I will acknowledge the second one was more dynamic, had more gray areas, more like there's bad on each side. There's complexity, more, right? There's that complexity. You know? That bothers me though, because <laughs> like I just want the good guys to be good guys, and I want the bad guys to be bad guys, right? More so. Um, and that's, I, I, I thought the second one was really good. I, I liked it a lot. This yeah. one I liked just a smudgeon more because it was way more straightforward about like, you know, the apes were going to do this because these people did this specifically. And I, that's, that's it as far as that's concerned. I, I didn't want, I didn't want there to be any more because I, I didn't like a lot of the, I didn't like a lot of the interactions in the second one, especially in like monkey village where they're all talking to each other. And I was like, (laughs) I was just kind of like, okay, I wasn't invested in the monkeys enough to spend that much time with them. And I was just like, okay, I want to get back to the humans. What's happening with there and see the interactions with them. Right. I think the second film very strongly was much more about the relationship. The first film was primarily about humans. Mm -hmm. And then there was a little bit with them, you know, Caesar and the apes and kind of their, you know, move into this new lifestyle and right. abilities. The second film was very much about a working hybrid relationship. Can that exist between the apes and the humans? Right. Can they get along? Can they do that? And I felt like they gave ample time for both sides to kind of air grievances as well as show goods and bads to sort of both right. both ways of doing things or, or mindsets um, and goods and bads. But then this third film was very much to me really just about the apes yeah. and the the their ability to cope in this very negative, harsh, attacking, uh, you know, bad environment. And yeah. I think what I was lacking in this film more so that I didn't that I didn't really get was also a. I guess there was there was more of a when I say depth and kind of complexity to the story, I'm referring more to the motivations of certain actions and the setup and the payoff of certain actions and the reality of why things can take place and do take place in a script, I felt like had more complexity and more because of that, in a way, more realism behind it. There was Mm -hmm. a number of scenes in this film where I felt like in war that things would just kind of happen. And there was a lack of like, realism to things happening a certain way. Um, I still really like the film. Yeah. So again, we're talking about here some negatives, but a good example of this and well, so I don't, we we don't want to get into spoiler territory quite yet. I think we'll do a portion of this as a spoilery, spoilery warning kind of area later. So I I think maybe I get a little bit where you're coming at my, one of my biggest negatives for this film was you already mentioned a little bit, the overuse of slow motion and it, being partnered with slow motion and some death of yeah. some sort. And it almost 
trying too hard to m- make you feel emotional. Right. It was. It felt a bit manipul- manipulative in that right. sense as well. And, and I think they earned it in some places, but then in others, yeah, right. not in all of them. And we can we can go more into detail when we go to yeah. the spoiler part. And I want to revisit that because there's a couple of specific things yeah. here to talk about. Um, what I did like about it is I felt I did feel that this the narrative of the story um, had an emotional. We talked about this. It had an emotional feel to it, and I in in a theme in a sense, and I and I was glad to see that they didn't just resolve this down into what I felt like part of the first one. The issue with the first one was, which was just kind of this presentation of things happening. You know, it really felt like there was some real sad kind of deep moments, loss, mourning, overcoming grief and revenge. And those elements were at play within the story that made this take on like a higher level than just being like a flat action type film. It's the same elements that were present in, you know, like the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy Mm -hmm. that made those more in a sense rise above just being a standard flat action movie. Um, This, the stakes for the action scenes at times were a bit flat to me. I think there was just kind of like, it felt like within those individual action scenes, it's like, okay, well, we just kind of have to have this happen now. And so it's just going to kind of happen. And because I say this often, but it, this is what I felt like it was because <laughs> reasons. Yeah. You know, this is the thing that's going to happen now. So it is happening. Yeah. Um, where I didn't feel like that was necessarily in the, the second film too much. So yeah. I don't know. I, I w- what yeah. more thoughts do you have? Couple, I, yeah. I don't really have any other negatives. So okay. I did really, just a kind of side note. For the most part, there was I love the introduction of Steve Zahn's character. For the most part, there are times where the humor didn't work, but he was primarily a humor character. Yeah. Um, the other thing was I enjoyed seeing, um, you know, Caesar. He was kind of tapping into his rage a little bit, as it says in the synopsis. Yeah. But he still had that like level of compassion with him. Like but he hadn't lo- like he had moments where he kind of lost himself in it, but then right. something would happen and would kind of pull right. him out. Right, 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 right. Yeah. There's there's a moment like. Like where he's interacting with a person and and he's like talking to him and you can tell he's like, he's like, you know, why, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like that, I I don't know. I like seeing that. I like seeing like that, that element to it. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. I I really, for the most part, I enjoyed it. I mean, what else, anything else you got? I think the other negative, um, yeah, probably that probably bad apes character was a bit at times grating, with some of his humor yeah. was a little bit grating to me. I, I did like, I felt like pretty much all the interactions felt really good and honest between the different characters. And I think the only other minor thing that I could say about the film that I didn't really like would be, I felt like it was a little long. It was I felt long. like yeah, it was you're stretching right. You're right. certain scenes out that I'm like, you could kind of condense this down. Yeah. Like I don't need to see the apes walk from here to there and then there to there and then right. there to there. It's like, just give me from there to there. I kept thinking the whole time like, it's like blizzarding. Aren't you cold? They don't look like they're cold. No. I and mean, I'm they like, got the fur. Well, they have fur, but their hands and their feet, they're walking on the snow. Like, yeah. if you you got your hands in snow before, right? Like, your, yeah. your hands quickly well, get numb Well, I guess, you know, we, there's there's a scene where one of the new monkeys, new apes, puts on a outfit, so it's, right. I guess they can get cold. You know? <laughs> that was probably one of the funniest parts of that character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad ape. Anyways. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I don't want to spoil it. It's okay. You know? It's okay. Yeah. Um, that was a good, a good little thing. I chuckled at that. But, yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah, it was, I, I did, yeah. I felt cold a little bit. I was like, and that, that kind of lends itself to the environment, the cinematography. Yeah. And- so one thing I could, so one thing I could say specifically without going too further into details was I felt like the, the idea that was driving 
sort of the human forces, the, the main the main military force that was kind of like the antagonistic type thing led by the Colonel Woody Harrelson, the idea that what they were fighting against this concept, this thing that had, had happened and was starting to happen with the world and the people in the world yeah, felt very, at the same time as it like, it kind of made sense, but it also felt very like, because reasons, yeah. like things are just, this has happened now. And because of that, things are going to happen. But then that really didn't, it played out in some ways yeah. over the course of the film, but then in other ways, it didn't really make realistic sense on the basis of what like lengths that what extremes that had pushed him and the other characters to mm-hmm. didn't really play out, I think, realistically to gotcha. how I would assume that would have happened if that were a real thing. And that real thing in the story world, I'm being very super vague here, but it didn't seem realistic. It seemed kind of forced. It, okay. it was like, okay, we're going to say this aspect yeah. of the people is that now. So, I will say there was a part um, with the, the, main, the main villain. I felt like it was anticlimactic. Yeah, but okay, so... I still really like the cinematography. I mean, A plus, almost yeah. A ish, you know, on the cinematography. Um, I thought the editing was great, although it was too long. That's yeah. not really an editing thing. I thought everything edit- was edited quite well. Um, the action was really good, really in your face, really visceral and real at times. I mean, especially with you know some of the stuff with the like the laser guns at the beginning yeah. and, the, and everything. Not laser guns, but laser <laughs> the sights. Laser guns. Sorry, laser sights. I should say um, <laughs> that was all really great. I thought that the action was really good. Special effects again, hugely awesomely. But one of the biggest things that I rate a film on is story, mm-hmm. and I felt like that was the weakest of this weakest part of this film was the story. Mm-hmm. So. Any other thoughts? No, that's it. What would you rate okay. this thing? I give this one a B plus. I give it a um, 89%. No. So okay. It's like 88, 89. Me too. Same exact thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess then. Hey. All right. I, I was expecting a little bit less from you. No, so. I... A little or bit more. less from me? More, a little bit more. I was, was going to say, um, my thing with getting a movie into the 90s... Yeah. I have to love it. Okay. Um, See, this comes down to the critic it, versus fan but perspective it's on, we talked about. Right, right. Here, so, yeah. it's almost like there's this... Because you're saying all positive things. Right. And so I was assuming, well, there's no real negatives for you, so why not be an A, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, no, there is things that were definitely negative, and I think um, the length and just the drawn-out manipulative like man- emotion things, yeah. I was I was kind of like annoyed with almost. Yeah. Um, I was like, eh, okay, stop doing that. Um, and I don't want to be annoyed in a movie. Like, Agreed. When I rated... What are my highest rated movies this year? I'm thinking Logan and Baby Driver. I'm thinking those. I wasn't really annoyed with anything in those movies. No. And there were just really minimal things. And I give those things, you know, high 90s, you I know. So it's just kind of one of those things I was like, there's things that were annoying to me. So, and yeah. it, I, I didn't love it, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, 80, 89 for me. Cool. Um. But uh, yeah, so you want to uh, jump into the spoiler territory? Yeah, so why don't we get going? Let's uh, let's give it, this is your spoiler warning. Um, so we're going to get into this. If you haven't seen it, uh, skip ahead a little bit. And uh, we are going to talk about 10, this. 10, 15 minutes, yeah. Okay, so we're going into it. Three, two, one. Caesar dies. Caesar, no, Woody Harrelson dies. <laughs> and, and Woody Harrelson dies. And it's funny. We always joke when we do these spoilers, and the main yeah. character dies. <laughs> and, and this one's actually true. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually true. Although, you know, not till the end of the film, so he kind of he yeah. ran his good race. His arc. He ran his monkey yeah. race. He got that monkey stuff done. It's good monkey race. He isn't enough monkeying around with it. Oh, that's that's not too... I'm going to stop <laughs> with the puns, because there's, there's a bazillion different ape puns that I can yeah. make use of here. So, I do want to... So, 
in talking about the spoiler territory stuff, we we tipped it around it. I do want to kind of go into a bit aspects and specific elements of the story that I think really just kind of frustrated me. And I found myself the biggest thing is like for you, the frustration moments, I think what you could you could agree on is that takes you out of the story. It takes you out of the film. Right. It disconnects you from that world. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with me when I see bad story or um a big concept that we talk about is like when the rules of the world are broken. Are you talking about the evolution um, of the I'm virus? T- well, that's one aspect okay. for sure. So that automatically felt very weird and manipulative to me. It's like sure. they had to give Woody Harrelson's character some sort of deep reason for why he was this militaristic crazy man that would just do all these bad things to the apes. And I didn't need that. Woody Harrelson literally could have just been that way, that way. I hate these apes. They're horrible. That's awful. And, or they're awful. I'm going to go and try and kill them. And maybe, maybe one of his sons died because of the virus and that kind of drove him to insanity or something, you know, his family died or maybe even one of the apes killed his son on accident or something. They didn't even really explain it. Right. But they drove him to the, I mean, in my mindset, right, if you're a person that's literally willing to go to the extremes of murdering what is basically murdering your own son because of trying to, you know, what he's saying is protect, like, the, the, Mankind. the, the mankind's, yeah. you know, ability to be humans, if you're willing to go to those lengths, it didn't make any sense why he wouldn't go to sort of more extreme lengths with the apes themselves it was like he was almost showing this compassionate side to caesar the very moment that caesar showed up and he even tried to kill him like he even went and tried to kill him and you could make this argument that well it's like maybe in meeting him he was trying to kind of he was having these moments where he was like all the all the built-up anger and sadness and mourning and issues that had been there from, you know, killing his son and murdering all these people had kind of like come to a head because of meeting Caesar. But it literally didn't make any sense to me why he didn't like just kill Caesar right at that moment. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he had needed Caesar to get the apes to do what he was saying, then it would have made sense. Yeah. But he already had them doing what he was saying. And the only thing that Caesar was accomplishing by keeping him there was to bring insurrection and uh, further, like, discontent amongst the apes. Yeah. There was no reason for him to just not shoot him right then and there. So that was, like, one thing with the script. Additionally, I'm getting into, like, the, the bads here. So I'm just going to be talking, like, Spitfire bad stuff, so don't think that I'm no, hating on so, the film. But. And, and getting getting into that one story that I didn't like is they kept teasing, like, one of the soldiers, like, Caesar Let's Go at the beginning. They keep yeah. going back to him, like, oh, maybe this guy's going to play <laughs> into, pointless. like, being a, being a good guy. It was pointless yeah. because he ended up just still being a bad guy. Right. Shooting Caesar and killing Caesar. Exactly. You know, essentially. Yeah. And so I was just like, what was the point of that? Like, yeah. why would you even show his face? It doesn't matter. It could have been anybody that did that. Yeah. So some other elements. I totally agree with you there. Yeah. Totally agree with that. There was no real... And that was one of the things that I did like about the first one. There was setup and payoff. You know what I mean? A setup and payoff of things that we'd even seen in the first film and characterizations. With this film, there wasn't really a whole bunch of really good solid setup and payoff as much. There was right. some, but not quite as much. The biggest setup and payoff was through Caesar's arc in and of itself, right. I think, and the things that he went through. And you could say maybe almost there was like a poetic payoff for Woody Harrelson, but that felt very manipulated because it, again, so it didn't make sense why... They have this hugely militaristic, very, you know, everybody's like, you know, in line and, you know, force a little girl 
could somehow, so Nova somehow manages to work her way into the middle right. through an <laughs> open door of this base and just uh, like talk and walk back and forth and give him water and give him food and like go like is nobody watching the yeah. apes at this point like do you not you can see that they're doing like guards on the, yeah patrols and, and so at that point like you'd said earlier in the first half of the review that it felt like some of this stuff was just there to manipulate because yeah. they needed you to feel bad for the apes and bad for Nova or that like Nova is a good person. And so they're like manipulating these circumstances when it's unrealistic mm -hmm. for that thing to happen. Yeah. I mean, talk about the whole like stupidity of like the setup and payoff. They go through this whole like rigmarole of they have to like go in underneath and then they find these like holes. How did it even make sense that there was like these holes that were in the ground that they didn't find as a military base that they just had never explored. They didn't seal off. They had never they didn't put a patrol area in there. And then not only that, but like you can literally just like reach your hand up through the dirt and it like it reveals like this hole. I'm like, would nobody walk over that? Like would nobody well, go they, had a, they had to dig it out. Like that. But yeah. well, they had to dig it out. I, I that didn't bother me as much. But, but yeah. it, it's little things like that where it's like, okay, I guess I'm going to stretch my belief here to think that nobody would have just like simply walked over that spot and, and fallen through or that like the perfect example, which this felt super manipulative and stupid to me. And it's supposed to be this like big building moment, but like the moment where the guard gets the, the poop thrown on him, yeah, which I thought was kind of funny, but like at the same time, it was like, what? And so they throw the poop on him and then like the one guard decides that he's just going to go by himself into this cage yeah. without telling anybody else right. with the keys into the cage and then like what do what he's going to like force them to tell him which one of the monkeys threw the poo on him yeah. and then <laughs> and then happens to also be standing over the exact spot he needs to stand over in order for the guy the monkey the ape underneath of him to grab him by the legs and pull him down it's like that all just felt super manipulated it all felt very like what is that? Like, why? How would that even? Why would that happen? It's you meticulous. Know? They're it, genius monkeys. It's Joel. just like, how would they even all know that this one guard would happen to do any of that? Why wouldn't you just shoot one of the monkeys? You know what I mean? Like any they're of this apes. stuff. It's, they're they're apes. not monkeys. Sorry, I keep calling them monkeys, but that's highly I, offensive. I'm just it, it all <laughs> felt like a lot of it was adding up to get like key manipulation even the separating the the baby from the father you know what i mean and the reunion of the two and let's make these humans into these like dark forces and then they tried to have that moment you know where in a way the colonel woody harrelson i didn't really know what they were trying to accomplish but when he's explaining this virus that the people are getting and it was like they were trying to make you almost connect with them and see him as like relatable but he was so ridiculous and crazy and doing what he had done and it was so obviously extreme that like you could never relate to him right. as a person. So I'm like, so you're trying to have me kind of relate to him, but then also what he's doing is so ridiculous and stupid. And he shaves his head outside in freezing cold temperatures. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many things Get like this that I'm talking about that I, I know this sounds like little stuff and I'm nitpicking, but that all adds up to a big picture of the film moving me out of in moments like that. I get taken out of the film because I'm going like, that doesn't make sense. That That's not realistic. I right. don't understand. Like there was things in the start. I mean, the ending was more frustrating to me in a sense than anything in, in a couple of different key ways. I didn't get the, uh, the avalanche thing. That wasn't something they had set up. And it's like, they just had to have this avalanche where like the entire human force just completely gets wiped out. I'm well, like, they, I could they understand created the avalanche. 
They didn't create the avalanche on purpose, though. There wasn't. No, like, it was an accident, but right, it was because it, it, of that giant explosion. Right, but like, where's the? In a sense, like, it doesn't, it doesn't need, show like, the a, mountaintop beforehand. Well, show like, yeah, like, why is that? Like, what difference does that make? Instead of it just being like, it doesn't feel like righteous at that moment that the, that this has happened to the human forces. It almost just seems like this big accident happened to accidentally kill off all the human forces because again, reasons, Yeah, you know? And like, I understand an avalanche that can happen and obviously- It's real they, life. Yeah, it's real life and that, <laughs> that could happen. But it just, again, that was another thing that, that all felt kind of manipulated in, in a way. It, it, so that was the main reason that I put it down to like a B minus kind of, re, or a B plus kind of- You're talking rating. about it like a B minus. I'm talking about it like a B minus, yeah. but it's, it's still a B plus film to me because yeah. there was- there was definitely still moments of really effective emotion and strength um, in the characters. I mean, all the relationships between the individual apes really made sense. There wasn't anything that felt in uncharacteristic of them. Right. The plot had progression that was unrealistic, but the characters felt real and like they stuck with, you know, like one of the apes didn't suddenly decide to go do something that would like they would never do. Yeah. So there was good characterization there. Um, the dialogue and the the voice work between the different apes was great, and even the sign language. And I liked how they used <clears throat> the subtle moments between switching between like the voice and the um, the the sign language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which I thought was really effective at times and really done well. Um, I'm really more just upset on the story basis of the way different things happen with some of the story stuff and the presentation of it and the, the way that it felt like they were just trying to manipulate you into feeling bad for the apes. Yeah. You know? So, and I think a lot of it too, I didn't go in and look at this. I didn't go in and look at the comparisons between the two films or the series, I should say, but it felt like they were trying to relate some elements to the original series and to like the original film in a very strong way and it felt like because of that certain elements in the story might have been more so there you know, like even nova like she's from in a way i, I don't think that they're because they've said that this doesn't connect into the original series of right films this is a reinterpretation a reimagination and it still technically would would have been a prequel right it's a prequel but in a in exist a different universe yeah like so the marvel cinematic right but universe. it felt like they were trying to and I, you know i always get ticked off about this kind of stuff when they're like trying to force in elements from like a separate idea or a separate franchise or like a, a universe or something outside of that film that doesn't need to be there other than to just be there like the whole you didn't need to have this like weird moment where nova gets this little like thing and then he just decides randomly he's just gonna call her the first word on there like there's no reason like why he wouldn't call her chevy you know what i mean like, it's, 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 <laughs> like chevy's the smallest font dude. yeah but like you, you just see there was like elements of it or like call her chevy nova or call nova chevy what if or something what like if that. she or, got like a dodge it just felt like avenger. they were trying to like set that yeah, yeah, we, we will call you avenger <laughs> yeah. it just felt like they were trying to set that up because oh well you've seen the first film so you know that that's there and even the way that I don't know if this this is where I didn't go in and look and see if they were doing this as a comparison thing, but like the way that they didn't, she didn't talk and that it was a, a function of the virus right. mutating because in the first film, she doesn't really talk, if I remember correctly, in the original Planet of the Apes. I don't think Nova talked at all. I don't know. And humans didn't talk and that's what like, oh my goodness, this guy's talking. That's how they knew he was like different. Right. So I, I don't know. I, little things like that added up to get me a little frustrated okay. and not like it as much as the second film. I felt like the second film, 
everything progressed realistically. There there was no extreme ridiculous like let, just get emotional manipulation. Yeah. It's like good people did good things and bad things, but for right and wrong reasons and good decisions were made and the plot progressed realistically and it wasn't over the top. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, these giant things are happening now. It was like, no, this is realistic why this would happen. So So yeah. I think before we wrap this this section up, I think more importantly, Joel if a monkey named you or if an ape named you after a car, <laughs> what would it be? It's a tough question. I might have to get back to you on that. Yaris? No. <laughs> Not even close. I take Smart Tesla. car. Tesla. That, Tesla. That's an actual name. Hi, Tesla. Hi, <laughs> Tesla. Okay. I'm trying to think here. What would be a good name? Camry? That's what it drives. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Camry. How about you, Matt? Any thoughts? Uh, Mustang? Hey, hey Civic. <laughs> Civic. Okay, very good. Hey, Civic. Hey, Corolla. Yeah. Anyways. No, okay. Anyways, yeah, cool. thanks, guys. Um, that's going to wrap up our, our um, movie review segment. Um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get into a few other things here. But, um, yeah, stay tuned for a little bit here, and then we're going to get right into our Tube Talk segment. All right, welcome back. This is our tube talk segment. Segment? <laughs> Seg segment. Segue. More than a sec. I don't know if Seg you're saying, like, segment. 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 Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's a new word, guys. I made something up. Segment. Okay. Segment is a word. I know, but I said segment. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a word. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyway, so welcome back to our tube talk segment where uh, we talk about what's happening new in TV, re review some old shows, check out the new shows, give you the the lowdown on them, then yeah. also some other TV-related things. Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, we're going to be talking about some of the Emmy nominations. Yeah. And then... The um, Emmy noms. We'll start off with that, and then we're going to dive into the uh, Game of Thrones episode that aired last night, and then also... Um, uh, get into Riverdale a little bit. Right, which I just started watching. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, just so you know, when we get to those segments, we actually do talk spoilers. And we've always done that, but we want to make sure that in order to stay kind of current, it's hard to not talk about what happened in the most recent episode. Yeah, especially for Game of Thrones. Right, so... Has a tendency to really frustrate so if, people. If that's not your jam, then um, when we get to that point, you can just... You can just turn it off. Um, or plug your ears and go, la, 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 la. Exactly. For about five, <laughs> ten minutes. Maybe a little exactly. longer. So um, let's let's jump right in, though. I want to get into the Emmy nominations because there's quite a bit of good and quite a bit of um, meh and quite a bit of what happened. <laughs> so um, to, uh, to kick it off, I guess just, I don't know if there's anybody out there that doesn't know the Emmy nominations. It's kind of like the Oscars, but for TV. Mm-hmm. So it's it's probably it's the most deal. right. It's the most uh, notoriety that you could get as a television show is what I feel like, right? Yes, and it's becoming. In the past, it was always a big deal, but it wasn't less of a big deal than like the Oscars, right? Because television was generally in the past looked at as more of like you know the small screen. It's right. the the smaller medium, and people were always looking at like films as like the preeminent, most artistic, you know, higher level merit to yeah. those types of projects you could cover deeper issues but as we've seen this surgence of you know more filmic like shows much more interesting ongoing narratives and styles with films and it's kind of become ubiquitous where people film stars are now tv stars and back and forth and right. so it's this it's grown i think important yeah. importance what i'm trying to say um to the point where there's shows that i feel like are legitimately like films just yeah, in a really long absolutely. format so 
I have a lot more respect for it now. And I yep. think there's also some, to me, there's a difficulty with a TV show that's different than with like a film. Films are very intense and can be very difficult for actors and, and directors. But, you know, for the most part, a lot of those are like three to four months. And then you're kind of like on and with your life. Whereas with shows, they they do take like a few months to film, but you have to like live in that character over the course of a couple of years. Right. And right. so they can be over the course of time, very difficult to like stick with like a certain characterization or yeah. plot the characterization of a character. I mean, talk about Breaking Bad, you know, yeah. Walt's character goes through this huge arc and he's got to remember between filming like, okay, this is where I ended. This is where I'm going. Yeah. So, all I have to say, I have a lot of respect for Emmys. Oh, yeah. No, it's good. Emmys. It's yeah. it's definitely a really good thing, and I agree. It's definitely something that's grown, uh, rightly so, yes. um, as in importance and in um, just notoriety for a show as being super legit. Yep. So let's kick it off right away. So the, the nomination list, uh, we'll just kind of go through it by category here, and we'll kind of see what stands out to us. So for the uh, nominations for Best Drama Series, you have Better Call Saul, The Crown, the Handmaid's Tale, House of Cards, Stranger Things, This Is Us, and Westworld. Um, I have seen uh, a good chunk of these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I Same like here. that. I like that Stranger Things is on there. Yep. I like that uh, Better Call Saul is on there. Obviously, we we talk that show at great length. Mm-hmm. Um, the Crown. I've actually seen about half the episodes. Um, and it's, it's extremely well done. Um, it's a period piece and I'm sure it costs a ton of money to make just because everything's super detailed. Um, but well acted as well. I can't give you a full story arc on it. This is us is great. I love this is us. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually did enjoy Westworld though. Yeah. I know. I know. I know we feel differently on that, but there's some really good things in there. House of Cards is good, but I'm behind, so you're a little more up to date. What stands out to you on that? I think the ones that, the big ones that stand out, as far as like what I've seen, uh, I haven't seen The Crown yet. I need to watch that in Handmaid's Tale. I haven't seen This Is Us. Um, Westworld kind of fell apart to me. Didn't sure. Didn't enjoy too much. Stranger Things loved it. Yeah. I would be very surprised if they ended up winning uh, the Emmy for this. Stranger um, Things? Yeah, I would be really surprised yeah. if they ended up winning, to be honest. It just doesn't scream out the kind of show that usually would win for a drama series. This it's probably going to be This Is Us. I'm thinking uh, either This Is Us or The Crown. That's yeah. kind of my guesstimation. Better Call Saul I actually really loved as well. Yeah. But it's a it's a sequel. Yeah. And I think, or a prequel, sidequel kind mm-hmm. of, you know, and just I think the odds are against it kind of winning for that sure. reason. And The Crown has that, the, the big reason I should say is that The Crown kind of has that uh, reviewer buzz right now. Yeah. I mean, it's getting a lot of critic acclaim and everybody's like ooh the crown the crown the crown so I think out of yeah. all of them to me I mean I've heard good things about most all of them but yeah. the crown is the big one that yeah. I would think I need to watch it my wife's uh, watched this the first season twice okay yeah 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 <laughs> she's um, big on like the like the period pieces though so I got you. yeah um, but I yeah I could no, see that cool. taking it for sure I could see the crown taking the crown yeah get me crown there that'd you be go. kind of fun yeah um, but yeah so we'll, we'll see what happens there there's definitely some worthwhile mentions in there I will say um, that I think I would have liked to see, um, and this might come up a little bit later on because I don't think it's in here at all, but I would have liked to see the Americans. I'm actually still watching that show. Yeah. It's really good, man. Yeah. I haven't seen that on here anywhere, um, so. 
but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I know. I think some of their leads um, yeah. got nominated for different things, but the next section is a comedy series. Yep. Um, and uh, you have everything from Atlanta to Blackish to Master of None, Modern Family, Silicon Valley, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Veep. Yes. You see what what had happened was, <laughs> um, so that that's an Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt thing. But um, yeah. Atlanta. Um, I think I was said Danny Glover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Donald Glover. Donald Glover. There you go. Um, he does that. He's a super talented guy. Uh, I I haven't had a chance to check out a lot. I think I saw the first episode. I thought it was good, uh, but I just didn't have time to keep going. Um, I haven't seen a lot of these recently. Yeah, I haven't been watching a lot of the comedies. Um, on any of the on any of the networks really. I just haven't had a chance to kind of get around to them. I think for whatever reason, it just—I don't know—it—it it, it, they just haven't intrigued me, and they haven't brought a lot of interest to me. Right. Um, I know that I—I I think out of all of them, the ones that I've—I've I've seen the most of, uh, definitely Silicon Valley. I watched that one pretty much all the way through this current seasons. Um, caught up. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I enjoyed that. It got a little stale to me. Right. The humor style kind of stayed. All the way through. This. It wasn't a good one for me to binge watch. Right. I would say that. I kind of tried to binge it's watch. It's like it a dose, was, dose show. Yeah. You know? Like, like when you bit. need just kind of like a little bit of crazy, lighthearted, tongue-in-cheek humor. Yeah. Um, very Tina Fey um, style. Then go for that. I haven't watched Atlanta Blackish or Master of None. A bit of Modern Family and a bit of Veep. I need to catch up on Veep. I'm only like three episodes in the whole series. <laughs> so... I don't know. It's hard for me to say what would probably win this. Um, probably not Silicon Valley is what I okay. would say. I, I don't. I I think this season was a bit of a lull for them, a bit of a step back and step down. Their numbers, their viewing numbers are also way down. So yeah. yeah, I'd say same with like Modern Family. They've kind of had their day. They're like on season eight or nine now. So yeah. they were sweeping for years in a row. Yeah, um, and I think it's maybe kind of gone away from that a little bit, but. Um, Jumping into the next couple, uh, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but there are some really good ones here. Uh, I want to kind of maybe address them at the same time. You did get the, in Drama Actress, you did get a Carrie Russell right. for the American. She's great. She's yeah. great. I think Matthew, Matthew Rees is incredible. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen him in anything before. So this is, when I, he's just, he's awesome. He, gotcha. I feel like he's... I feel like he's a distant cousin of James McAvoy. I kind of yeah. feel like they look alike a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> Anyways, um, when we get to the drama actress section, you have uh, Viola Davis who from How to Get Away with Murder, Murder uh, Claire Foy, The Crown, Elizabeth Moss, A Handmaid's Tale, Carrie Russell, The Americans, Evan Rachel Wood, Westworld, Robin Wright, House of Cards. Um, from what I've seen, Robin Wright's fantastic most things that I see her in. Yeah. Um, I I don't know about recently though, because I haven't seen House of Cards the last two seasons. Yeah. Um, Evan Rachel Wood, I thought she was good in Westworld. Carrie Russell, I think is fantastic. Uh, Viola Davis, I saw the first half of the first season of that. Right. And she's really good in that. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I, I she did some great film roles. Uh, right. She was in Fences, but, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think she and she was like the standout in yeah. that for me. Um, Robin Wright, I think from House of Cards was. She did a good job. I mean, it was a good season. It wasn't like the best. We talked about this. I mean, yeah. it, it there was some really elements at the end that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Sure. Um, and I think she did, out of all the seasons that she's been in, she had probably the most in, big, large role in this season. So yeah. I could see her potentially kind of taking this one away. Uh, Westworld, Evan Rachel Wood, not a bad actress, but that role is so flat to me. 
I mean, she's literally playing like she's a, a robot, though. You know. Yeah, I mean, but she's just <laughs> it's such a flat role. It just there's not a lot of. I it's like know. saying C three PO has no depth. <laughs> I think even in the role, it just it, it. I don't get. I don't know. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't see her winning this personally. Yeah. I don't think it's she did that good of a job to be honest. And I, I'm not an attack against her. I'm not saying she did a bad job, but it just wasn't like I wasn't watching the show and going like every time I saw her on screen, like wow, she's just doing such an amazing job. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Maybe so Claire, um, Claire Foy from The Crown. Yeah. Um, see that. that I could see that happening too um, okay so the getting down to the actor side of it a lot of the same shows uh, Sterling K. Brown St- uh, Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us uh, he's he's great everybody in that show is great so that's not yeah. really saying much but he's fantastic yeah. um, Anthony Hopkins Westworld um, kind of just doing his Anthony Hopkins things um, I definitely Bob, wouldn't see him winning for that right Bob, Bob Odenkirk great I, has he won before? I don't think he went <sighs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he won. I'd I know like he's to definitely see, been nominated. I like. I like. I like him. He won't win it, but I, I'd like to see him get some love at some point. Yeah, um, I don't. It's looking like he didn't won. It, win. Sorry, won. It, <laughs> yeah. he didn't win. Um, it says nominee, but not winner. Matthew Rees uh, from the Americans. I would love to see him. That's probably just because I'm on the Americans kick right now. Yeah, but he is so good. Like it's so weird. He can go from. Like the super charming like dad where he's like involved in his kid's life and hanging out where you see the love on the face of the next scene where his face just gets, he's just so angry and he's yelling at somebody like, oh, he looks evil right now. Like so crazy. But uh, he's awesome. Leave Schreiber, um, Ray Donovan. I haven't seen, heard it's good. Yeah. Um, Kevin Spacey, House of Cards. We all know about Kevin Spacey. And um, uh, Milo Vent Imiglia from This Is Us. Yep. Uh, Peter Petrelli. Um, from I, heroes, <laughs> yeah, I, I could definitely see, um, I could definitely see Bob Odenkirk winning this year. Really, I okay. think out of all the seasons of Better Call Saul, this was probably the most. He had a lot that he was dealing yeah. with. I mean, he's dealing with kind of a lot of different loss with his, the aspects with his brother, and going back into the past and showing him as this other guy, and then kind of the heights. I, I think he he had to accomplish a lot with this season. I could yeah. see. Him. I personally would like. I to think. See him. I yeah. think Sterling K. Brown's going to take it. You think so? Yeah. Okay. I think he is going to take it. All right. Um, and then we get into like some more things here that, um, and before we get into uh, much more, I actually want to jump down here. There's a section I want to talk about this because I know that you and I both- Reality show? That- no, no, no. <laughs> um, I'm getting into, where'd it go? It's like, um, uh, where'd it go? It's a limited series. Um movie or dream no television movies no where'd it okay because i haven't seen a lot of those television movies i didn't know that <laughs> dolly parton's christmas of many colors circle of love got nominated <laughs> no it, like, i think that's oh. in the same one though what do what you yeah, oh black no mirror. television movie television yeah. movie that's yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah yeah so it says black mirror mirror specifically the san junipero episode right. which was crazy to me um just the concept of it is what i'm talking about yeah i as a concept i really liked it yeah. i didn't like the black mirror side of it i have to i have to catch up on sherlock because that's another one too yeah black mirror is one of those things though it's so out there yeah in concept and like and there's always somewhat of a twist of sorts um they usually go that's i think one of the reasons why i it's tough i really liked it but i didn't as a black mirror thing i almost liked it more as like a standalone thing but it was still really good i'm torn 
it didn't have like a really darkish kind of side to it. Like it kind of did. The twist was kind of there, but it was more of just a straightforward dramatic kind of romance type story, you know? So yeah. I, I didn't really get that as like a Black Mirror type property, but right. it, it was still good. I thought it was really well put together. I understand why it's nominated, I think, out of that or... Yeah, Dolly Parton's Christmas, I think. I can understand it, you know, being nominated. If, right. If that's the bar, not not to hit against Dolly Parton. I'm sure we have maybe a couple Dolly Parton, Parton fans out there listening. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, a couple others I just want to kind of bring up. It's a little bit down here. Um, is the supporting actor in a drama series, supporting actress in a drama series. Yeah. Um, and you have, uh, they actually have for the supporting actor, you have, John Lithgow from The Crown, Jonathan mm-hmm. Banks from Better Call Saul, which is cool, uh, Mandy Patinkin from Homeland, um, Michael Kelly, House of Cards, David Harbour, Stranger Things, which I have, I'll tell you about that in a second, yeah. Ron uh, Jones from This Is Us, and uh, Jeffrey Wright from Westworld. Uh, Jeffrey Wright is probably my favorite part of Westworld, mm-hmm. um, but going back to Better Call Saul, I love seeing Jonathan Banks there. Um, he's super subtle, like subdued, like he's hardly in it almost sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but David Harbour what ended up in Stranger Things ended up being one of those surprises for me. Yeah. Because I didn't like him at first. He's just like, just kind of just like this, like lazy cop. Yeah. Kind of, he seems like, it's first it kind of portrays this lazy, sleazy cop. And then he ends up being like one of my favorite parts of the show. I'm like, oh, dude, he's just totally doing things now. Like, yeah. Like when he infiltrates that base at first, you know, like, or <laughs> I was like the guy yeah, I was like, yeah. what? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. There's some good arc that he has in that show. Yeah. He was definitely one of the better, I, 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 casting wise, I hadn't seen him in anything, I think, prior to this necessarily that I recognized him from. He was in Suicide um, Squad, and that's all I saw him in. Yeah. But he's like a senator guy or but something. But yeah, he did, uh, he did a great job with that. I would definitely like to see him get. Get, get this potentially um, I don't know it's a toss up for me I could see I could see Michael Kelly also getting it for House of Cards because yeah. he did a pretty solid job with that season as well he wasn't in it as much this year but I feel like the work that he did in prior seasons would like really like me to see him get it but, right um, I don't know and a lot of this I will say people might be out there go like well he won for a prior year or something like I, I haven't had a chance to go back and look right, at all these exactly. different Emmy nominations me too, it's the first me year too. that we've really been kind of following it super duper closely, uh, closely. so yeah yeah um, the other thing just kind of noteworthy and this will probably be the one of the last ones I think we, we wrap this one up on yeah. um, is the supporting actress in a drama series and I, I think this will be interesting because there's a lot of buzz from what I'm hearing from The Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. and there's two nominations in yeah. that category from Anne Dowd and Samira Wiley um, but what I'm really curious to see is uh, Millie Bobby Brown was was nominated. And mm. there, when Stranger Things came out, there was so much Millie Bobby Brown hype, it was ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see if that's carried over, which it's been, it seems, it feels like it's been, well, it's been a year since that's come out. So yeah. I'm really curious to see how that carries it's over. It's going to be a battle. She's young. It's, it's going to be interesting to see, yeah. you know, as a person her age, if she'd be capable of getting the Emmy nod. Right. Um, but she did a great job ish. I thought yeah. she was good ish in the role. <laughs> we, good ish. We could we could talk all about Stranger Things if and we, Egos. If we wanted to, but yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. Anyways, so just those are some of the the main highlights on the Emmy nomination breakdowns. Next I want to jump into and this is where we'll kind of dive into some spoilers. So if you're not yes. really uh wanting to hear any, uh, we'll start off with uh Got mm. um Game of Thrones. Yeah. Now Joel, you're going to be kind of our resident Game of Thrones expert. Yes, sir. I have been to all of the SDCC panels. 
Okay, yeah. And have seen <laughs> all of the them start, where yeah. I am like, yeah, I am all the seasons behind. Yeah. So I, I will share this. This was this is my one Game of Thrones panel story that I have to just well two one I'll share one time I asked a question to the panel which yeah. went horrible train wreck and then the second one um, I had a really awful occurrence I was just starting to watch the show yeah and get to know the different characters and the elements and I was trying to catch up because I knew they were going to be doing the first Game of Thrones panel at Comic-Con right. which they're going to be doing it at Hall H they were going to be doing and they've done it in that one ever since and that's the big one like if you get into Hall H that's yeah. the big deal that's where the biggest stuff goes to and so I was trying to get caught up with the show before I went because I didn't want to have anything spoiled for me right. and so I'd managed to get up into uh, season 3 basically before the Red Wedding had taken yeah, 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 place yeah. and um I so I I hadn't seen anything with that and I didn't know I I managed to avoid spoilers very well and so we go into the panel and they did this it was an amazing thing but it was also horrible for me at the same time they made a video which was a uh, a a cut together edit of all the deaths over the entire course of oh, Game no. of Thrones so far. Yeah. It ruined so, it for yeah. you. <laughs> so I'm watching, well, here's what happened. So I'm watching it and I'm getting there, I'm getting there and then all of a sudden it jumps to the Red Wedding and I see, I'm like, well, I guess we're doing spoilers. Like, we, yeah. yeah, we already did the okay, spoiler so, warnings. You know, so Rob Stark getting killed. Like, Everybody no! gets died. Well, and yeah. then I see Kathy, Captain Stark getting killed. I'm like, no. And so I close my eyes and I'm like, I don't want to see this because like, I just like, it's getting ruined for me. Yeah. I should have known better. Yeah. Like people are probably out there like, well, why'd you even watch to begin with? Right. But it was like so awesome. It's funny because it had like sound effects and everybody in the yeah. whole crowd is interacting. And so I show up my eyes and I didn't see the rest of it. And so I get to that episode and I'm like, okay, this is going to be depressing. I know they're going to die. Yeah. And the first thing that happens in that episode is the guy goes up and starts stabbing Rob Stark's wife right in the stomach. I know. And I didn't see so that sad. in the thing. So yeah. they got me a second time. Oh, I was like, man. she dies too. And I, I was know, like, it's oh, crazy. Yeah. So they actually got me twice with the Red Wedding. It's just <sighs> That's craziness, yeah. man. So, But I am watching this. I am caught up. I just watched the most recent episode. What's it called? Dragonstone? Uh, yeah, Dragonstone. Okay. It's called Enter the Dragonstone. No, I'm just kidding. Just Dragonstone. <laughs> um, which, because it's you know the big entrance of yeah. Cersei getting to her home, I guess you could say her like castle that she was from her heritage, which is Dragonstone. So um, this is, uh, most of you probably know, if you're listening to this, you're probably aware and up on your Game of Thrones, you know, where things are at with the production. But so it's a two-part season. They're doing it as a season seven and season eight, but it's seven episodes in each season. Right. Um, mainly due to the fact that they said because of the story so short that's left and then additionally the production costs that they're trying to pump a lot into it's each It's similar episode. to what they did with the finale of Breaking Bad. Right. And so my big fear going into this is, the, in especially the last season, there was... I mean, so much happened in that last season. It was intense. I mean, it was one of the best episodes or the best seasons of Game of Thrones that I had ever seen. I mean, every episode is like, da 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 things happening, people dying, you know, da da all this stuff's going crazy. And there was definitely some bad elements in there. There was definitely some good bad elements in there. But overall, it was like a really good season. And then, so my big concern with this season was trying to stretch it into what they were doing and doing it the way that they're doing it. Are they going to have enough story left to make it? Because at this point, it's pretty much the the battle lines are drawn. You you more or less know sort of where the story's going, and there's still a couple different relationships that obviously are going to like come together in different ways, and some information that you still need to get to know. Like yeah, you know, John Snow is going to obviously pair up with Cersei at some point, and I think they've already given you little hints of that with this recent episode where you find out that like this glass that they use. Um, is found the dragon glass is found at Dragonstone, which is where Cersei's at, and Jon Snow finds out about that because you've got Sam who's doing all this research um, in the I 
can't think of the name of the place, but uh, he's doing all this research and he finds out that that's where it's at. And so he sends a note, sends a raven right. to go to the, yeah. You know, so that's obviously like a connection point. And so all these lines have been drawn and you know where it's going to go. My fear was like, how are they going to stretch this out to make it last this many episodes without getting it stale? Um, and I think the first episode was a good representation um, of sort of where they're headed with the season. I was expecting a little bit more to happen. To be honest, it was a little bit... Um, it was good. It didn't feel like meandering, like some of the issues, like especially in uh, season five was so meandering and it would just be like these long conversations and nothing's really going on. It was like, it didn't really feel like that. It felt like things were progressing and getting there. Um, so I enjoyed it. I think I was expecting a bit more, like I said, from it. I was, sure. I was hoping for a bit more conflict, a bit more action, a bit more kind of in your face. And it starts out with this really kind of strong bold scene which was cool in a way because it's something that they'd been building towards for so long which is you know this payback uh that really needs to be done for the red wedding and it's oh is it the aria thing yeah Yeah, yeah, i felt that was like in a sense it was like good and her dialogue there was really strong but i was also a bit let down i don't know i wasn't let down necessarily but it just felt a little bit forced it felt a little bit silly and i think that more has to do with the Arya story arc because i felt like one of the things that i didn't like about season six was her story arc i felt okay. like they did a very poor job of progressing her and like presenting her thing and all yeah that. because it's like they kind of in the story show her going through a little bit of training and kind of learning yeah. a couple things and then suddenly she makes this huge leap by the end of the season where she suddenly like knows how to be like a master assassin. But even just like prior to that, she'd already and gotten master stabbed. Cook with and, the pie, right? and then like, yeah, she, but so like, exactly. So they didn't really, they never really showed me her progressing into how to be this like master assassin person. Yeah. And she just kind of was there. And so it just felt very poor story arc for her character. And the, the showrunners have actually gone in, into detail and said that they apologize because they felt like they mishandled her story a little oh, bit. Okay. Um, Interesting. So it was rewarding in the sense that the phrase are being dealt with, but it was also a bit like, because uh, Arya is doing these things that I've like, I haven't grown comfortable yet with. She's just yeah. kind of doing them. So, but that was good. Um, I think the big bad of this episode, to, if anything, was actually the cameo appearance that we got. Of, <laughs> and there's a lot of flack that's being thrown on Twitter right now that, about this uh, Ed Sheeran. Yeah. made his cameo appearance in this episode and it just felt very forced and kind of silly and you talked about this they brought in you know musicians and stuff especially for like the red wedding and, yeah in other episodes and famous actors but they've always been more in background roles they've never had dialogue they've never like interacted really with like main characters right ed sheeran has dialogue he's like interacting with aria in this scene and they're was like, he singing I'm in love well that's how the, the episode that's how nope. the scene starts like she's coming like on she's like she's approaching them and he she you like see them him singing around the campfire with the boys and she like sees that and that's like how the scene starts and i was like i guess i mean was it, he rapping kinda, no okay he was just singing. <laughs> and, and then she sits down and it was actually i liked the scene i just didn't like his role in the scene because it's the it's shown the first time that aria actually has had people really treat her well in in decently in like yeah. a really long time and there's been so much just negativity and darkness in this show, show yeah. and series so far that it was kind of nice to have like a bit of a breath with her character yeah and that's kind of the feeling i'm getting so far with the season is that a lot of 
the bad people are going to get their comeuppance, you know, yeah. even from the very beginning with Waldo Frey and the way that everything happened, like with his family and lineage and everything. So I liked it. I think as far as um, overall progression of the story and interest and the things that they presented, it really just was more of a setup episode. Yeah. It was more just kind of like showing you where the things are at. Well, they got to give you more people to hate too. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really, they didn't present really no. pretty much any new characters. There was a few okay. with Sam. Um, I thought maybe like they were going to give a new, uh, like, Ramsey Bolton 2.0 or gotcha. something. And no, like, okay. it's pretty much, like I said, at this point, the lines have been drawn. Okay. You kind of know who the bad people are. And I'm already starting to make guesses and think, like, okay, well, that's going to be that, and she's going to do that, and he's going to go there. And, like, I'm already starting to f- figure different elements of that out. Like, they introduce... Um, uh, I can't think of the the, the name right now. Uh, Urine Greyjoy mm-hmm. uh, comes back into the story. It's an and unfortunate he's like, name. Yeah. <laughs> <just there. laughs> so he's like, he's proposing to Cersei and saying like, well, you should, you, we, we have a lot of people that hate us in common, so we should join forces. And he said that, and she turns him down saying that she can't trust him. And he's like, well, I need to go do this like big thing. And I think um, what he's going to probably end up doing, if I had to guess, is going down to like the Southern areas. Um, like and, Mississippi? No. Okay. Uh, this, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they sort of kill off some of the Viper girls, like the Sand girls down there, and maybe bring because they killed her daughter. Right. Um, so I'm guessing that they he might take one of them out, and that would actually be cool for me because they kind of don't really have an element in the story right now. They don't really have a a dog in the race. They're kind of just upset because of uh, what happened. Well, I guess you could that say Ob- Mark, Oberyn. Murder. Oberyn. Uh, what was his name? Or that is that his. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. With Oberyn. I mean, they do have a dog in the race. I shouldn't have actually, that's, that's actually not very accurate, but, um, they're just a little bit disconnected from the story. I think a little bit right now. So I think he's going to go down there. Maybe my thought was he'd go down there, rile up some issues and then come back with like one of their heads on a pike or something and be like, all right, well now we should get married. And then maybe they would get married to each other or something. I don't know, but that's a lot to progress in the story. So he could go down there and just get killed off too. Yeah. I don't really necessarily know, but, um, I'm excited to see where it's going. I don't think they failed with this episode. I think it was a good episode. Um, it wasn't the most exciting, interesting episode um, as far as progress. The best scene of the entire episode, I think, for me, was the scene where Sam, because it's showing Sam going through sort of his duties and how he's trying to sort of make do with where he's at. And it does this really, I don't know, some people probably had a real nasty problem with it, but as he's like training to be this maester, he's having to like clean the toilets, um, which the funny joke about thrones there. I don't know, but so he's cleaning these <laughs> toilets and, and basically taking the bedpans and pouring them into the toilets and then pouring the meals for the people. And he's kind of in this cyclical thing where he's like, he's like picking up the bedpans, pouring it out, then pouring the meals and it, the soup that they're eating is like the same every single time. And it starts to look like the stuff with the bedpans and it's nasty, yeah. but it's just the way that they're intercutting it where it's like, it slowly picks up pace. It was probably one of the best, like editing style decisions I've seen for Game of Thrones in a while where they did like something very stylistically oh, gotcha. where it's like slowly picking up pace. It's cause like first he's just getting like disgusted and you know, almost vomiting from these yeah. bedpans and then it like jumps to the food and yeah. they, like, show a shot of the food and the food kind of like brownish and you're like, Ooh. and then they jumped on it. Yeah. It was just really funny. Like I said, there's a pun in there for the whole game of Thrones toilet thing yeah. somewhere. But, uh, so I would give this episode a rating of probably a B plus. Okay, cool. I think. Yeah. Like an 87 ish. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'm excited to see where they're going. I'm hoping we actually get some action. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's gonna happen. It's gonna. Yeah. I mean, I can already see Daenerys and Jon sort of coming together, but with the dragon glass thing. Yeah. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how they first interact. You don't see John and um, Daenerys being on the same sides at all. (sighs) 
I think they will. Isn't Tyrion on uh, yeah, his think, side, I think, her side too? I think what you'll see is John and uh, Cersei and Tyrion teaming up together to take out the Walkers and Cersei. Um, because you just said Cersei and Tyrion. Oh, sorry, John, uh, Daenerys, Daenerys, and okay. uh, T- Tyrion teaming up yeah, to, okay. to take out Cersei's. Yeah, um, but then additionally take out the Walkers. But Sansa's so, on board too. Just, she's kind of like she's in a weird place right yeah. now. Um, she's got issues. I don't know. What's I'm just funny, in a though. weird place right now. She so kind of has frustrated me. I just can't. I understand even that this. they're trying to give some significance to sort of her role in the story, but right. I really do feel like her. I feel like they're kind of manipulating that a little bit because I, I don't see her going to where they're pushing her, which they're pushing her in this almost like maybe she's going to portray John sort of right, a thing, right, right, right. but I don't see her ever doing that. And I really don't feel, I feel like the role that she should have taken was more of a strength, uh, power person to be sort of like a voice of reason to John gotcha. and to, to be like her mother was for him yeah uh, for well not for him but for rob yeah. you know what i mean um that he would respect her and listen to her but she's kind of taken on this whiny of like well i want to be in charge sort of a thing but i don't see her as somebody that should be in charge because not at this point at least she's never had any military gotcha. experience she's pretty much just been thrust into at this point war um but she's <laughs> never had any experience on a battlefield really except for bringing in troops so so the real twist would be when she turns into the dark phoenix Yes. And obliterates everybody. That would be a twist and a half. Yeah. <laughs> maybe three quarters, I should say. Exactly. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to add to that, B nope. plus? Cool. I think that's it. Um, yeah. So that brings us to another show that I had not yet had a chance to see. But Joel, you kind of mentioned earlier that you kind of dig this show a little bit. So I want to hear yeah. more about Riverdale. So I just started watching it. Um, it took on a different vibe than I really thought it was going to take on. And I think a lot of that was to do well with one that's the CW. But recently the CW has done a much better job with um, presenting much better cinematography and much better stylized type shows. A lot of their shows in the past prior to some of their most recent shows kind of to me always felt a little bit cheesy, um, almost melodramatic, tongue in cheek. Um, But then they improved their cinematography and their style. And I think this is a step forward as well for them visually and story-wise as well. And so this is the first season. It's already aired on um, on CW, The C-dubs. The C-dubs. Uh, it's getting actually some pretty good ratings from most of the reviewers. It's got a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got 89%, 84% of viewers like it. Um, and I think one of the things that I'm liking so much about the very first episode, which is as far as I've made it so far, is they really did a good job of like being self-aware of where this comes from because it comes from a series of characters that was in the Archie comics, which I've never read, but they're based upon the characters in the Archie comics. It's, it's done a good enough job of being self-aware with that, but not standing on that too much. Um, right. It's not trying to like have its cake and eat it too. It's very strongly telling a specific story about these characters going in a very specific, strong emotional direction. And it's not trying to be like, oh, well, because you know this of Archie comics, we're going to do this, you know? And I like that. So I don't feel like I need to have known a bunch of stuff from the Archie comics. And it's a real story. It's an honest story um, in a way so far. It feels like everything that progresses and it's been happening kind of makes sense. People aren't in the most, in the at the most, I would say for the most part, they're not extremely like this or extreme. Yeah. They're not like caricatures of a, of a thing. For the most part, they all feel pretty realistic portrayals of people 
that would have these types of natures to their character. So, you know, you've got Archie, who's kind of like this main guy that's a bit conflicted because he, he kind of knows what he wants to do, um, which is to write music, but he has this stuff thrust upon him because of his father, but he's also got a couple girls that are showing interest in him, namely a teacher, which is just like, what? Like yeah. the whole thing there, but that's handled, again, pretty realistically, I would imagine, for a situation like that to play out. Um and I think all the extra characters all have their own like very strong characterization and quirks to them without going without going to a caricature. Right. You know, right. they have very strong characters to them. So yeah, it's sense. interesting. The first episode they did a really good job of presenting good story elements, um, things that are of interest that would bring in just for that first episode, but also really obvious things that are gonna like play over the course of this season and maybe over the course of the entire you know, each character feel like it has its own kind of mini story arc that they're going on. And then the season seems like it's gonna have its own sort of story arc going cool. on going on and then individual episodes had their own thing. So you got yeah, Archie, you've got this girl named uh Betty Cooper who's kind of like his longtime crush. Well she has a crush on him, but he's not necessarily in the same boat. Um, you've got uh, Jughead, who's kind of like this guy that's writing notes and keeping track of everybody. Um, you've got the Josie and the Pussycats gang, which is kind of like this fun reimagining interpretation of that band. Um, yeah, so Veronica Lodge, it's a girl that's, um, she's a former socialite that kind of comes in and, and does some damage, but she's like good and bad at the same time. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I'm doing a very good job explaining. No, I it. think I think you're doing all right, and I, I think the biggest thing for me, and I like that you like it because it is a CW show, and I feel like they have a very, uh, they have kind of a niche yeah. thing that they do. Yeah, and I, I think that um, the more that they can do stuff that's out of their like CW stereotype, yeah, um, I think is is better. Yeah, it's self-aware. For the best. Agreed. Yeah. I think the fun the fun thing about the show is it's self-aware. It's not taking itself too seriously, and it's not being melodramatic. It's set in a small town, and it's kind of like, you know, the inner workings of the relationships between the people and the difficulties that they're going with, but it's not um, overly ridiculous. Yeah, there is a murder that's kind of like the big the opening of the first episode. There's like a murder, and that's yeah. obviously going to be playing out at least over the course of the first season, kind of figuring out, okay, how did this guy get murdered? Why did this guy get murdered? I guess we kind of know how at this point, but more so why did this guy get murdered um, and what that does to the different characters and stuff. So There's um, been a murder on yeah, the Savannah. Right. Four-way standoff here. So uh, I thought it was good. I'm enjoying it. It's a bit of a mystery. I yeah. think that's the, what I'm liking about it. Cool. I wasn't expecting the mystery elements. I was expecting just a flat, silly, okay. cheesy, tongue-in-cheek kind yeah. of teen drama thing, but the mystery element cool. has intrigued me. Well, rate the pilot for us. So, yeah, first episode, I would actually give this one a B plus as Hey-o. well. Hey-o. So, yeah, I'd give it an 88. Cool, man. So, you think Riverdale's going to be the new Game of Thrones? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm no, no. kidding. It'll be interesting to see where they go with yeah. uh, with the wrapping up of Game of Thrones. I'm sure they've got some stuff in the work where they're trying to create some sort of fantasy-style magic show. Yeah. No, so. I'm, I'm sure that's happened. HBO's got stuff going on. So, yep. um, yeah, anyway, so anything else you want to add to that? Nope. That's cool. It. Well, that's going to wrap up our uh, tube talk segment and thus this uh, this podcast segment so as a long. whole. I know it's a long one, but a lot of stuff we covered. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just a reminder: you can reach us at at Real Review Media. Um, that's at our Twitter and Instagram, also Facebook.com slash Real Review Media, and then also realreviewmedia.com is our website. Send us an email. Let, let us know what you thought about those shows um, or the films in general. 
um, that we've seen, whether it be uh, Apes um, or the previous other prequels to that film as well. So let us know. And that's at realreviewmedia at gmail.com. And uh, anything else you want to add, Joel? I think I'm good. Cool, man. Well, it's been real. It's been real.